When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. Fun Belt Podcast. It's just a, a great conference that is at a, at a point right now where they're, I think, clearly the best group of five conference in the country. The state of Sunbelt football is the strongest in our history. Uh, and we got to continue to showcase uh, what our league is about. This league is insane. Yeah, it might be like one of those eight wonders of the world. <laughs> and you can see just what a great group of five conference it really is. It, it's a big deal. Boy, life is looking pretty good in the Sunbelt these days. Dusty Thibodeau back for another episode of Funbelt Podcast. Joining me, Ben Moore from PantherTalk.com. Feel like I had to leave my home. I'm coming to you from an undisclosed location in along the U.S.-Mexican border to make sure that I was safe. Because Ben Chanda was going to come after me if if Troy didn't win that that uh, semifinal conference game in the Sun Belt Conference tournament to go to the finals. So I, I I was proactive. I ran away. I am right at the Mexican border and ready to flee. Uh, you had to, had to bunker down, man. Uh, you know, you, you, folks in our listening audience don't get to see uh, our, our video, uh, you know, on a, on a week-to-week basis. But uh, her, her eyebrows were certainly raised uh, when she you said, hey, oh, yeah, it's uh, just a cakewalk. I think you may have used that term. And uh, we know coaches, uh, you know, e- even when they know their squad is pretty good, they, uh, they always get nervous. Uh, we know uh, certainly at this mid-major level, uh, you know, it's win and go home, win or go home. Uh, and uh, the Trojans are marching on to the championship game tomorrow. So, uh, you know, credit to uh, to her and her staff. And uh, I, as we were talking before we, uh, you know, started recording, I, I think that's probably their wake up call to get things uh, and get the mash the gas pedal down. And and uh, we'll be playing on Monday night, which is what you want to do as a Sunbelt basketball team. Definitely so. And then no surprise at all, it will be the Troy Trojans and UTA Mavs. Once again, Star Jacobs just dominating the game and leading her team there as they get ready to exit the Sunbelt Conference looking for that one last Sunbelt Conference championship. It's going to be a great game tomorrow afternoon on the women's side. But on the men's side, what a shock that the Cajuns were able to be the ones to out the regular season champion Bobcats there in that quarterfinal round. Yeah, we talked about it last week, didn't we? You know, Texas State was just as likely to win the whole doggone thing uh, as they were to stub their toe and do exactly like they did last season and losing the first round. And, and really, it was convincingly. Um, you know, huge credit to uh, Bob Marlin and his staff. Um, I can tell you from talking to some folks over there, they were wondering if this was, you know, the, the final uh, salvo there for Bob Marlin uh, in Lafayette. Um, you know, they've, they've been so close for so many years. You know, obviously broke through there in 2014 to go to the NCAA tournament, but it's been uh, frustration after frustration. They've had very good teams. They've had teams that were just a little bit above 500. Um, that team this season um, looked good. They, they get off the bus, uh, probably one of the biggest teams I, I saw live and in person this season, um, but just had a lot of flaws and, and, you know, they played uh, a tremendous game uh, against Texas state really 
you know, punched him right in the mouth and, and just kept uh, holding the gas pedal down. Um, I, th I think the lead was as high as 16 or 17 points in that ball game. So, um, you know, very, very interested to see uh, what they do uh, to, tonight. They're, the, of course, the early game uh, in the semifinals. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Cajuns are in, are in a good spot. And uh, if, if you believe the Vegas odds makers, uh, they are favored right now uh, to make the championship game. You gotta wonder. So the Sunbelt Conference waits until the tournament to hand out the hard, the hardware there of the regular season championship game, Player of the Year awards. They got that right before going into that game against the Cajuns. Do you think that that's a good idea, and that maybe that was maybe a distraction for that team? It, it could be. I think the toughest part, ultimately, um, you know, we, we have to also think, you know, this. It was a unique situation uh, last year, you know, going with the East and the West. They, they you know, the only, you know, Texas State only played the Western Division. You had so many games canceled last season. Um, you could kind of blame some of that last season. But this is also, you know, basically a, a first-year head coach because he took over, you know, that interim case last season. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of folks that are, are used to the pressures of March per se, um, they did obviously have some players that were seniors and were, you know, they, they were good. She didn't play well. And, you know, it's, it's also the rest versus rust, right? You know, you look back and say, all right, uh, you know, look at how well the teams played. They got to play the game on game on, on Thursday night in the Pensacola Bay Center, uh, as opposed to the teams that, that uh, you know, certainly got their first, were not good for the teams uh, that just arrived. Uh, they are no Georgia State, certainly in the late game in Arkansas State. Uh, as well as Georgia, uh, you know, Georgia Southern and at App State. App State did not, um, you know, particularly start real great, um, but then picked it up in the second half there. So um, I think it is a factor, but I, but it's another disappointing, uh, you know, one and done situation. But I guess if there's good news for the Sun Belt, um, as as we talked about last week, there will be two teams playing in the uh, postseason for the men's this season from the Sun Belt, as Texas State has already punched their ticket to the NIT. Of course, a uh, you know a bittersweet pill there. Uh, to go and, and play in the NIT. And, and unfortunately for them, uh, they're probably not going to play for at least another week, um, you know, and plus, depending if they get that Tuesday or Wednesday uh, when the NIT starts. So they'll have a lot of time to think about this one and stew on it and uh, watch somebody else cut the nets down on Monday night. You know, I, I think Terrence Johnson, though, will use it as a learning moment to, to kind of take that pain of losing and, and really help motivate his team there into the postseason and, and I, I think they'll make a good, deep NIT run. I really do. Uh, my only hope is that they're able to host a game so that when I return from exile, uh, that I will be able to make a trip over to San Marcos to catch some postseason basketball. Overall, though, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, both men's and women's side, have been really good. I think the average margin of score was about six points of the games. The one game that was really kind of boring and ho-hum, that, that quarterfinal game there with Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, just – Appalachian State dominated tip to tip and moving on to face Georgia State in the late round game. Ben, what, what, what are your picks there in the semifinals, starting with the Troy and Raging Cajun game? Yeah, I, I'm really fascinated by that game. It's, you know, set to tip off here, here uh, just after we'll get done recording here. Um, really intrigued by that matchup. As I mentioned, Louisiana is very, very big, very long. Um, Scott Cross is really showing off to me, uh, kind of showing his experience and his mettle. Uh, how much he's been able to uh, to really prod this Troy team along. They continue to get things done. Uh, fascinating to see uh, what happens there. I, I really do think it's it's a toss-up game. Um, I, I will give the edge to Troy uh, just simply because 
Um, I think from a, a, you know, top to bottom, um, I think they probably have a, a bit more talent and if they can slow down Jordan Brown in, in the middle, um, you know, things will, will go well, but if they don't and Jordan Brown goes and has another 30 point eight board game, uh, it could be the Cajuns moving on. But I like, I like Troy close um, there in the early game and the late game certainly has particular uh, attention of mine. Looking forward to uh, seeing Georgia state, the uh, preseason uh, top pick. Uh, and, and now one of the hottest teams in the country, uh, I believe, uh, the incomparable uh, Mike Holmes, SID for Georgia State, uh, said that the Panthers currently have the 10th longest winning streak in the nation in Division One basketball right now at eight games. So uh, last year, these two teams uh, faced each other in the Sunbelt Tournament final. Um, there is certainly revenge on the line. The Panthers moved that went up to Boone and knocked off uh, App State. Uh, I do expect them to knock off uh, App State again, exercise those demons, and play for the title on Monday night. I like Georgia State as well. I think that, as we've talked about, it's all a matter of who can be the hot team come March. They're definitely the hot team right now for March. So I think that their semifinal game against Appalachian State is not necessarily going to be a breeze for them, but I don't think that they'll sweat it as much as they potentially could. On the other side, the X factor is is, is really Jamal Brown and whether or not he – or Jordan Brown, rather, excuse me, whether or not he can have another big game to lead the Cajuns. If he does, I think the Cajuns win. If not, it's going to be Troy in another close game as well. Setting that up, though, I got to go with Georgia State winning it all just because they are the hot team right now. Well, and, and, the, and the biggest thing, too, we talked about this as well, but, you know, the experience. You know, and I think that was the biggest thing that jumped out in that Arkansas State game when things were kind of getting uh, off the rails a little bit. Senior Kane Williams, uh, super senior Kane Williams, uh, won, won his 99th career game. Um, you know, he became the, the uh, program's all-time steals leader uh, yesterday with six, including that final uh, steal there. Um, the, the Panthers' defense is just so locked in, uh, really, really made, uh, you know, Norchair or um, uh, uh, Omir's um, day just awful and, and blocked a ton of his shots. That was another thing. You know, the Panthers are really big on the front lines. Uh, Jalen Thomas and, and Elie semi. Uh, just really cause a lot of problems. And if you're not ready for that physicality, um, and, and they they went through multiple stretches where Arkansas State just could not get a clean look, tried to pound things in to Amir inside. Uh, obviously, you know, well-earned Sunbelt Player of the Year there. We saw what he did on Thursday night, just completely dominated in their opening, uh, you know, game. Uh, really had a tougher time, you know, last night. And, and, and uh, I think that's, you know, really in any level of basketball, if you can play – uh, great defense, which the Panthers certainly have in Sunbelt play, uh, you have a chance. And uh, we, I think we see that. Um, I'm very interested to see if the Panthers can shoot better today from the field. Uh, if they do that, I, I agree with you. I think uh, they do uh, hit, hit the gas pedal there against App State and, and uh, even uh, have an opportunity. Because App State, you know, we know they sh- they hoist three-pointers. They, I think, are, are near, near or at the top um, of three-point shots attempted in the league. Um, they will shoot it. Uh, they've got guys, you know, Forrest and Delph who will, will let it fly. Uh, but if they're not following, and uh, they certainly weren't following last night against Georgia Southern, um, you know, that that game uh, could, could be pretty interesting. But I agree with you. I mean, overall sentiment. I mean, the games have been great so far. They've been close um, down to the wire and, and uh, you know, teams making clutch plays on both the men's and the women's side. The Sunbelt Conference basketball will be over with on Monday night when – the women play their championship game one o'clock on Monday. Men's game, I believe, is at seven o'clock on uh, Monday night. Then we get to get a little sneak peek there of the future members with Conference USA tipping off their tournament. 
Tuesday night, Marshall will take on FIU as the seventh seed, Southern Miss the seventh in the West seed, taking on UTSA, all that on ESPN+. Plus. Guys, these teams coming in for basketball, terrible, at least this year at least. What are your thoughts on what we can really see out of this Conference USA tournament? Do you think that that's an indicator of what we're really getting, or is this just going through the motions to wrap up the season? Yeah, it's it's difficult, right? When you know you're switching, you know, switching conferences, the mentality is different. Um, you know, at least with Conference USA, these guys will comp- be competing for a title, uh, as opposed to James Madison. We talked, uh, you know, about before what what's uh, going on there with uh, them and the Colonial Athletic Association, uh, which Georgia State knows all too well as they made that transition in 2013 and 2014. But um, you know, I definitely think these these teams are gonna, are going to have to, uh, you know take steps forward and recruit a little better uh, for some belt play uh, conference USA, unfortunately in a lot of ways is living off the reputation from probably five, six, seven, eight years ago. Um, in a lot of, a lot of ways, not, not to say there's good teams, there's good coaches in, in there, but as far as a league goes uh, it's been pretty rough. And, and, and to your point, I mean, adding, you know, Southern miss, um, you know, at adding Marshall, they don't tend to bring a ton, a lot, uh, you know, on the men's basketball side of things. And uh, I'm interested to see if they can, you know, grab a game win or two uh, and, and try to advance and make things interesting. We know uh, certainly anything can happen uh, there on neutral court, but uh, yeah, not, not looking for any of the, the future belt members there to, uh, to hoist a trophy uh, this week. It's obviously springtime. So that means it's also baseball, softball season. Texas state continues to be the hot team getting two of the three game series against number 11, Arizona in Tucson, Arizona. In addition to that, the Raging Cajuns wrapping up a three-game series against Southern Miss in what is a top 30 contest. Cajuns didn't fare so well, though, as they fell one game to two games against Southern Miss. Early thoughts on baseball season. Yeah, uh, I just kind of I'll start with the you know overall statement. Certainly for folks that are like I am or are waiting for the professionals to figure things out, uh, it's a great time to go out and support college baseball. Um, you know, it's a, it it's something that too, if you haven't seen it, uh, I would encourage folks to go out and support uh, lo- local college baseball too. They do, they need your support. Um, it, it is a very different you know game than folks uh, may see, even potentially you know late late in the season. A lot of folks jump on, unfortunately, jump on college baseball. Uh, you know, when you're, you know, in, into the regionals or even, you know, get on, get on the uh, ESPN in, in Omaha, but um, you know, it, the weather's turning great all around the South and Southeast. I, I think it's a great time to, uh, to certainly get out to a ballpark, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Sunbelt has, has gotten some wins. We've talked about the last few weeks uh, here early in non-conference play and, and uh, future conference play. I did have that, uh, that circle that I was looking at and kind of raised my eyes there at the Cajuns and Southern Miss getting after it because um, the Cajuns have been, you know, traditionally very strong in baseball, um, you know, with hosting regionals in, 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 in recent years and, and uh, been very, very good. Um, looking, looking forward to see, you know, the entire league as well as keeping an eye on the future belt as well. Um, you know, I know, um, you know, here, here in the state of Georgia, Georgia Southern, you know, will play the, the big, big dogs, uh, you know, in Georgia and in Georgia Tech. Um, there's a lot of quality programs as well as Mercer and Kennesaw State. Uh, that both Georgia State and Georgia Southern will play as well, and 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 to get to see some teams in uh, Georgia State as a, as we were cutting this just wrapped up a three game sweep of uh, Villanova, so uh, not not a bad uh, bad bad weekend for the Panthers, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do in, in uh, Brad Strombell's second season in Atlanta. 
Yeah, looking ahead at baseball, you talked about getting out there. There's some big games this upcoming week. Louisiana Lafayette travels to Ruston, obviously, to face Louisiana Tech, kind of the darlings of college baseball from last year when they hosted that regional. Wake Forest travels to Coastal Carolina. The game that I'm anxious about, but it doesn't seem like there's tickets, credentials, or anything else around in order to try to get in. Texas is headed to San Marcos. Texas, number one, able to go in over the weekend at Minute Maid Park in Houston, home of the Houston Astros. They won it all on the, the Shriner Classic, able to just run through every uh, every game that they had. So it'll be interesting to see how the Bobcats go when they're facing that flagship school in Texas. Shifting gears over to Conference USA, the future members, Marshall sitting at 9-4. and four. Great stuff. Did drop the, the Saturday game, though, against Oakland in non-conference action, but able to dominate the other two games there. Old Dominion, 8-1 and one entering the day, 7-1 and one at home. They created Justin Verlander. And, I mean, I know that's one guy, but that shows the caliber of players that are coming into the Sunbelt Conference and, and, and a team that I'm really excited about seeing. And then, of course, Southern Miss, as we had said, 7-3 and three entering Sunday. They did pick up a 7-1 win over Mississippi State this past week. James Madison, Chase DeLauder, the MLB top collegiate prospect, hitting 459, three home runs, 18 RBIs. They got James Madison 7-4. and four. Yeah, may, may not may not uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on where you stand, you may you may not see Delauder in uh, in Sunbelt play next season, um, as he's a just a monster and, and uh, a a kid that um, you know can knock it at anywhere. Um, but from from the days I can speak from you know Georgia State side of things, when the, the Colonial is a very very good league for baseball uh, in the state of Virginia, produces a ton of talent as well. I, I expect ODU. Um, and James, you or James Madison to step right in and be able to compete uh, right away. And you mentioned, um, you know, Jason Verlander, obviously with ODU, but uh, quality programs up there, quality high school programs. Uh, you see their guys get drafted out of the state of Virginia uh, consistently. If they can keep those guys home, uh, they're going to be very solid uh, moving forward in the Sun Belt. Disappointing week in the week for softball as. LSU downs a pair of Sunbelt Conference schools, shutting out Louisiana Lafayette 4-0 and 10-2 versus Troy. Louisiana Lafayette not winning those games that you would expect to. And I know everyone is, is that's not very familiar with Sunbelt Conference softball is not going to know. Those are the games that Louisiana Lafayette typically can win and win easily. Future Belt members uh, Southern Miss did get a huge win over number four Florida 5-4, so the softball side of things are getting even bigger, better, faster, stronger as we go. With that said, though, James Madison struggling a little bit this year, 4-7 and seven entering Sunday. The life after Odichi Alexander not going so well for the Dukes. No, and, and, and it's uh, it, it's one of those scenarios, too. I think softball is difficult because we've seen it be top-heavy. You mentioned Louisiana, you know, being a very quality program, uh, you know, and really, you look up and down the standings as it, you know, right now, a lot of teams taking losses up and down because they're playing, you know, whether it's the midweek matchups or the in-state, you know, you know, high major power five teams uh, or, you know, tournaments or things of that nature. Um, very interested to see who picks it up really in the next two, three weeks, you know, as you get into end, end of March or April um, and things really start kind of 
serious uh, in the softball schedule. But yeah, I mean, even even your uh, your your ULM Warhawks are uh, are looking solid with that thirteen and five mark there, uh, there, Dusty. So gotta gotta bring a smile to your face there. Yeah, ULM softball definitely on the upswing and, and able to compete. It'll be interesting to see once they get into conference play how that holds up. But definitely uh, doing the right things in non-conference play as well for right now. Shifting gears, Ben, we have football schedules. And they include four new members on there. All three of the Sunbelt Conference three, I guess, is what they're being unofficially referred to, filing the injunctions against Conference USA to disallow the mediation. I still don't understand exactly where we stand of how you can be on two different schedules. But, hey, I like it. I love that they are making the effort to try to get out of Conference USA yeah, into the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, I don't think the coaches do either. Uh, I don't think to see what happens with these guys. Um, ultimately, who wins? We, we've talked about, you know, the lawyers. You guys did a great job. Um, you know, uh, the the litigation conference USA Sunbelt. Sunbelt doesn't really have to include all of our newbies on the on, on our schedules. Uh, we see six division uh, teams on the schedules as well as two cross. Um, you know, uh, cross you know, from opposite division. Um, I, I am fascinated um, to see how it's going to play out. I, I imagine, you know, the, the old Don Olmeyer quote, right? The answer to all your questions is money. Uh, I think something eventually will get worked out there, whether it's the, you know, the buyouts we continue to hear reported, um, you know, working out exit fees, et cetera. Um, but I, I think it certainly sets up for a very exciting um you know, you know, fall for sure. It was called and a text that I got when the schedule came out. Uh, basically that Sunbelt East division looks like the SEC West. Yeah, it, no doubt that we knew that that Sunbelt East was going to be the strongest division in all of G5. Luckily, ULM sits in the West. The biggest complaint that I heard about the schedule coming out is that Louisiana Lafayette, ULM, the traditional battle for the boot, opening the gates for Sunbelt Conference play instead of being that traditional Thanksgiving Day uh, game, Warhawks do get to maybe found a uh, lay the foundation for a new rivalry game as they will host Southern Miss for that traditional rivalry week slot. Out of the non-conference games, which one do you kind of have circled as, as your uh, kind of go-to game that you're looking forward to? Hmm. Um, App State's host North Carolina. Uh, we remember the last time the Mountaineers and, uh, and uh, the Tar Heels actually get two Sunbelt schools back to back. They got to travel to App State in week uh, one. Um, and then week two, they come to Georgia State. Uh, so it'll be interesting to, to compare some scores there as uh, both of those programs are getting a lot of looks potentially as, as uh, programs that could, uh, you know, obviously App State has already ascended into the East. Uh, we know that they lost quite a bit. Uh, but, but hosting there, uh, fascinated to see uh, what that looks like. Um, there's a lot of great, you know, honestly, Sunbelt Sun SEC matchups, uh, you know, interested to see what, uh, you know, what Georgia Southern does under Clay Hilton um, and, and seeing what they have to do in terms of uh, scheduling. Um, you know, I'm, I think there's the potential for a few Power Five upsets as we see every year in, the, in September timeframe. Um, and, and I think that the more we know, especially even with the transfer portal, not completely 
done, as we know, as spring practice is still ongoing, except for the case of Coastal Carolina, where they have just wrapped theirs up. But um, there's going to be guys in the in the portal that absolutely could be impact players um, for Sunbelt teams in the next two, three, four months that we may not even know as of today. Uh, so I, I think there are um, you know opportunities for several Sunbelt schools. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see as well, um, you know, what's, what's the remnants of Louisiana uh, as well, Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, we, we know how many folks they lost. Um, they got, a, you know, a date in November uh, playing against Florida State. Uh, Florida State, we know, has been struggling as well. So um, there's guys on that Louisiana team that, that, uh, that have won a lot of games. Interested to see that. That's kind of one that I had in my eyeball on. How about you? I'm interested to see a, a couple of different games. Marshall travels to Notre Dame. Always interested to see how you you go against the the big boys, so to say, the Power Five. Plus, I, I really like that Marshall team, especially with all the components that are returning from last year's team. Uh, the running back, whose name escapes me, that is just faster than anything, and, and a great uh, running back as a whole. I think Thunder and Herd have a good shot in that game. Additionally, Liberty is going to play two uh, two of the new guys as well as they play Old Dominion in Southern Miss. Always interested to see kind of how Liberty is after the Malik Willis experiment and see how Hugh Freeze rebounds and rebuilds that team as they get ready to make that jump into Conference USA. Yeah, and, and a Conference USA, as we know, has been, been ravaged. Uh, it is one certainly to be won potentially uh, by Liberty and the Flames. Um, and, and, you know, we, we know, uh, you know, Hugh, Hugh Freeze is a is a offensive guru. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a quarterback uh, in, 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 in the wings there. Or at the very least, as we know, Malik Willis was a transfer portal guy. Uh, coming from Auburn, so uh, he may be looking into the portal again here in the coming weeks to uh, to find his next next Malik Willis. I am also interested to see James Madison's debut as a FBS program when they host Middle Tennessee there on Liberty Weekend. I honestly don't know what to expect of that game because while while James Madison has had good talent, they have not always had to face the P5s. Or, or the D1 programs like a Middle Tennessee, Western, or the Sunbelt Conference. So how do they even match up with there, let alone opening the gates for the Sunbelt Conference play against Middle Tennessee, the former Sunbelt Conference member? Yeah, and it's it's going to be a grind. I mean, too, they, you know, the, the toughest thing specifically from transitioning from, you know, FCS to FBS is trying to regulate and find out as well because you can split scholarships. Uh, you can have partial scholarships in the FCS. You can't have that in FBS. So you have to figure out, all right, so guys that may be on split scholarships, who's going to become a full, who we may have to part with and become a walk-on or, or maybe boot out of the program. They may not may not like that. Um, they also have to you know, worry about roster management as well. We've talked about the portal a couple of times, and we'll probably continue to talk about it over the next weeks, months, um, as far as we go here. But um, you know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they're constructed as well, because they're used to playing other teams that have, you know, 63 scholarships. Now everybody's got, you know, 80, 80, you know, basically, you know, in that neighborhood of 85, have the ability to have as many as 85. Um, it, it's, it is a transition that can wear on teams. We've seen App State, um, you know, took a little, little bit of a, a rough road to start. Uh, Georgia Southern, when they came into the league, they redshirted a lot of their upperclassmen in preparation uh, for, you know, to basically to make that jump. 
uh, in the FBS, and we saw how that paid off for them um, there and, and uh, you know, kind of growing. But um, we know it's, they're obviously in a talented area. The state of Virginia produces a great amount, and they have also I've, I've seen offers, and, and I'm sure probably you have it as well, gone all over the place. They, they've been firing offers all over now that they are obviously officially in the Sun Belt, being able to kind of plant that flag and, and go and get out and, and, uh, and, and, you know, get into the high schools and get some guys, maybe some guys that still may be out there um, that didn't sign in, in, in the February signing period. The one game I'm really not looking forward to because the, the Sun Belt has not had a FCS loss in, in at least the last four or five years. The opener for the Raging Cajuns in southeastern Louisiana, that's, that's a stacked team that's got a lot of P5 transfers, Frank Selfo constantly trying to, to remind people, especially in the state of Louisiana, that, that he's around and, and the fact that he hasn't been seriously considered for some of these other jobs that have opened up around the state or even the region. I think they're going to be gunning for the Raging Cajuns. And then the, the Raging Cajuns still got to find themselves in that week one under the new head coach, uh, Mike DeZormo, his realm of taking over the, the program. And they lost a lot of talent. So the, it, it's the perfect storm that we could see that FCS upset of a Sunbelt Conference team. It, it definitely has all the makings. And I, and I think if you're going to get the Cajuns too early, it's probably better just because there's so many new faces. There's so many – uh, you know, we, we've talked about it, and Jay Walker talked about it, and we talked to him uh, that how many seniors were on this team. I think they lost 20 plus seniors, uh, replacing quarterback. Um, anytime, too, you have a new head coach, there's going to be a little bit of a transitional period from a play calling, from a play design, from a play, uh, you know, you know, things are going to be different. Every coach wants to put their own stamp on the program as well. And that's game one. And as you mentioned, uh, there, there's quality transfers. Um, co- coming as well. I, I know they, they picked off uh, Kyle Edwards, who was, uh, you know, was at the University of Alabama uh, down there, southeastern Louisiana, transferred there, came back home. Um, there, there is quite a few, uh, you know, FBS and even, you know, Power Five transfers on that roster. So it's not just what uh, Coach Prime is doing there at Jackson State. More, more programs down um, in the bayou are looking at, at trying to land and, and hit home runs too. I, I definitely – be careful there, Cajuns, because uh, that that has kind of all the makings, as you said, uh, for an upset there. Another cringeworthy moment there that, that I could see playing out. South Alabama opens up against Nickel State. Tim Rebo's done a great job rebuilding the Colonels down there. Then in week two, they go to ULM. And ULM, of course, will still be trying to find themselves and, and figure out what they're doing under what's really the first full recruiting cycle, full season under head coach Terry Bowden. The Colonels might go 2-0 in the Sunbelt Conference. Yeah, that, that would be something. Uh, you know, I, I remind folks, man, they had uh, they had Georgia beat, you know, just a couple of years ago in Athens. So when, uh, you know, Kirby Smart's, uh, I think, uh, third year, second, third year, uh, that was a 19-16 game. So we know certainly uh, the Jags will play very good defense. Um, they have some things to figure out, but uh, they do have their quarterback back. Um, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be intriguing to see the Jags in, in, in uh, you know in year two under Kane Womack. And uh, you're right, man. I mean, it's um, you know the most impressive thing is I kept telling people too. I mean, ULM knocking off they you know that was one thing that we had talked about for a while. Hey, ULM, hey, they're they're facing Jackson State. They they knocked them off. So uh, I'm going to have to knock off a quality FCS opponent for a second straight season. And uh, I know the, the the rest of the league will be certainly rooting for them. 
So Ben, a short, sweet episode, just the two of us talking Sunbelt Conference basketball, football, and everything in between. Promos, plugs, parting shots. What do you have there, Ben? Yeah, man. It's uh, spring practice is still ongoing for the Panthers. But of course, we talked about basketball and we are at basketball school here in Atlanta, as I'm reminded constantly. Uh, Georgia State plays uh, this eve. Uh, shortly after we'll be, we'll be cutting this uh, recording, they'll uh, play tonight. And depending on what happens, maybe playing for uh, for the Sunbelt Tournament title yet again um, on Monday night. That is certainly the goal. We'll have it covered uh, top to bottom, side to side, as well as uh, covering um, the upcoming uh, Georgia State spring game in April, going through some positional breakdowns and all that good stuff, continuing to cover recruiting and uh, a, a, a looking forward to uh, the 13th year of Georgia State football, which is still crazy to me that uh, we're there already. But, uh, yeah, you can cover it and uh, check it out, panthertalk.com. Bullhawkreport.com, still having an active message board discussing various things from – Strategic planning of athletics and academics. Talking about baseball, losers now of eight straight, and what will it take for the Warhawk baseball team to get back on top and in the winning ways ahead of Sunbelt Conference action starting just over a week away. Time flies when you're having fun. Other than that, Ben, it's been another great week, and looking forward to next week when we get to talk about the NCAA and NIT brackets coming out involving Sunbelt Conference teams. It will be Selection Sunday, one of my favorite days on the calendar.